Hi, welcome to Broadway Assembly Church Podcast. We are excited for you to be joining us today. If you want to get a notification of the most recent uploads, please subscribe to our podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy. The new peace that filled it up taketh away from the old, and the rent is made worse. That word rent means the tear or the the hole in the jeans. You didn't know they had Levi's back then, did you? (laughs) Just kidding. The rent is made worse. I want to speak to you for a few minutes on more than a patch job. The Lord wants to be to you and I more than a patch job. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for the moments we have to share together. I thank you for your presence. I feel your special touch. Minister from the front to the back, each and every one of our lives, Lord. I believe destiny's in the house tonight. Lord, and I believe uh, decisions are going to be made tonight that will affect destinies. And I'm trusting you, God, that our eyes be open to your truth, our ears open to your voice, and our minds understanding your word. In Jesus' name, all God's children say amen. 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 God bless you. You can be seated. When I was a young boy growing up in the Ozarks, I had my fair share of holy genes and patches like every other rambunctious creek wading tree climbing country boy mom used to tell me man you're why are you so hard on your clothes did your mom ever ask you that why are you so hard on your clothes my family was not wealthy by any stretch of the imagination so that just meant it was hand-me-downs already that we wore and if my jeans were not patched when i got them they certainly wore were when I outgrew them. Um, And it seemed like mom was just constantly patching and repairing uh, our clothes. Something would tear and she would sew it up. A hole would appear and she would patch it up. And uh, that was just normal procedure at our house. Um, And I thought, as I discovered early on growing up, that no matter how much she patched or no matter how much she, she sewed, the patches never lasted me very long. Um, and, I, and I just was thinking uh, about our text here in the Gospel of Mark, and it's a simple scene from a sewing room, basically. It's all about these common household patch jobs. Now today, we have iron-on patches, we have pre-shrunk patches to repair our bare threads. We even get, uh, you can buy elastic patches that supposed to stretch with the fabric, I understand. But how do you know back in Christ's day, patches were not that advanced? Somebody say, we're sophisticated now, right? Christ used this analogy to illustrate the fact that he came not to be a patch on our old lives, but rather to completely make us new creations in Christ. You see, there were those throughout the Gospels who thought that Christ was seeking to patch up the threadbare Jewish religion. 
They thought that his message was a, was a, a postscript to Judaism, a.k.a. a patch to Judaism in one form or another, but Christ wanted them to realize he's not into patches. He's not into propping up an old, inadequate system. He's into making all things new. Praise God. He was showing that Christianity, while born out of Judaism, is something very different from Judaism. And Christ is calling his followers to, in a sense, abandon the traditional Jewish system, the one of form and ritual. Hello. And he's calling them to embrace a new profound lifestyle of faith that was going to be totally dependent on him and his grace rather than the temple and its sacrifices. The coming of Christ marked that moment to abandon the old and embrace the new, right? So I want us to examine this analogy, and I want to make a handful of observations here. The first of which Observation number one is just simply that Christ uses a common analogy from the sewing room. It's an analogy that I believe every one of his hearers would understand. And he knew that in their day, they didn't need a master's degree in the textile industry to know that a new patch shrinks when it's washed. Their old clothing had already shrunk from years of, of uh, washing and years of wearing. And when they were, uh, would sew a new unshrunken patch on an old shrunken garment, their, their whole problem is still not resolved. But in fact, it gets worse. Somebody say it's going to get worse. When the new patch got wet, whether by rain or by wash, the, the patch would shrink and tear the garment, resulting in a situation that was even worse. Christ came to introduce a new robe of righteousness yes. to the Jews. It was called the gospel. And he was announcing to them that he was not, he would not be part of the old Jewish traditional system. To, to make him part of the old system would be like putting a new patch, he says, on an old garment. And Christ refused to be a new patch on an old threadbare tr uh, Jewish tradition. He was going to be a brand new garment. He was going to be a brand new way of thinking. How many had a new way of thinking when you got saved? sanctified. He was going to be a brand new way of acting. He was going to be a brand new way of living, right? The old tr traditional system said, Jews said, do this and you'll be blessed. But Christ said, be this and you'll be blessed. See, Christ took the emphasis off of doing and placed it on being. He is not going to be a patch job. Rather, he was going to bring a whole new wardrobe for them to wear. And that's why Paul could instruct the church at Rome later on. He said, put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Hmm? That's, that's wardrobe language. Like the old gospel song. How many remember that old one? Take off the old coat and put on the new. Anybody remember that one? Five people. That's great. 
Listen, Christ was encouraging the Jews to display Christ like a new garment in their lives so that everyone would see their new outfit. It was called the gospel. Huh? So the Jews came to Christ with this worn out, threadbare garment of Judaism and expected him to just take it and patch up the holes and make it functional again. After all, he was to be their Messiah, right? But rather, Christ says, oh, no, no, no. I will do something better than patch those robes. I'll take you down to J.C. Penney. I'll buy you some new ones. Right? Have you ever had... Have you ever had a piece of equipment and man, you just had, it broke down and broke down and broke down. You're all the time fixing it, patching it. And somebody comes along one day when you're patching it and they'll say, why do you mess with that thing? Huh? Let's just go get a new one. Huh? And you're like, my baby, this is my baby. Huh? I'm like, come on, let's go. As long as you're putting it on your bill. Hallelujah. Huh? Observation number two. That's what the Jews were doing. Christ offered them a brand new one. They were like, oh no. This is our baby. Right? Observation number two. Christ is advising them not to just patch up their old wounds and hope for the best. How many know we do that a lot? This idea makes me wonder how many of us go through life trying to cover up our wounds with some kind of patch or disguise. We'll take emotional and spiritual band-aids. Huh? We have a problem with certain sin. Perhaps let's just say it's an outburst of anger. Perhaps it's impatience. Maybe it's our tendency to open our mouths and stick our foot in. And we, and we just start thinking, you know, all I need is just, just a little patch job. We tell ourselves, if I could just get a little more control over this area, then I'd feel better, I'd do better, I'd be happier. But God's saying, I'm not interested in your temporary do-it-yourself patch job. Hmm? When Christ came to Palestine, he wasn't interested in taking Judaism, patching it all up so it could last a few more centuries. Hmm. No, he wanted to create an entirely new way for his people. And the old, yes, the old had served its purpose. And now it was worn out. It was ready to be respectfully discarded. Because hmm? God said, I'm not going to write my law on scrolls of paper anymore. I'm going to write it in the hearts of my people. God wasn't going to continue to accept animal sacrifices as a covering for sin. Rather, his son was going to be the final sacrifice, uh, taking away the sins of those who would embrace him by faith. God wasn't going to speak through the Old Testament prophets anymore. Rather, he was going to fill all people with the Holy Spirit. That was the promise of Joel some 500 years earlier. He says, your men and your women and your children alike, all of them's going to prophesy. Huh? God was announcing that he wasn't uh, interested in 
patching up Judaism. And so today he's interested, you know, in, in really a brand new life. Uh, he's not a, uh, interested in our attempts to patch up ourselves. Uh, you know, how many know, have you ever said, if only I, if only I. Listen, with God, he says, that's not going to cut it. In the new covenant, if only I could just try a little harder, that's not new covenant language. That's old covenant language. If only I could compensate for my sin here by doing something good over here. Oh, that's old covenant language. Listen, when I got saved in 1981, God didn't want a patched up Matt Jones. He wanted a new creation. God didn't call me to become better on my own. He called on me to die to myself, be born again in Christ. God doesn't ask me to try harder. He challenges me to consider myself crucified with Christ so that it's not me who lives, but Christ lives in me. So much of our frustration, I believe, as believers, is that we try to live our lives from patch job to patch job. Huh? Instead of throwing out the old garment, putting on the new garment of Christ's lordship, Paul said, it is Christ who lives in me. It is the Holy Spirit that fills me. It is the Holy Spirit who controls me. It is the living sacrifice of salvation and sanctification that Christ is calling me to pursue. This is the challenge that many folks struggle with understanding. But Christ is breaking it down in simple language. Observation number three. Christ doesn't just reform. He recreates. See, Christ announces that we cannot live under both Old Testament law and New Testament grace. We cannot patch up our life and hope for the best. So the text becomes a warning, but also an encouragement all in one. The warning says, Christ is not into patchwork. Okay, he's not into band-aids. He will not patch up your old lifestyle. That's the warning. But the encouragement is, he'll give you a brand new life. If you'll take it. And the idea is that band-aids... They cover the wound, but they don't heal the wound. They're a patch for a painful problem. Amen? When it comes to relational, spiritual, emotional wounds, many folks only temporarily address the injury with an insufficient patch job, a real-life Band-Aid, Sure, the bleeding stops. Further mess is prevented, providing a short-term fix. But how many know some of the cuts that life give us require more than a superficial fix? More than a surface fix. They require some surgery, some rehabilitation. Hmm? Ah, pastor, who's got time for that? 
Who wants to admit that their life wounds require the help of, of others? Who wants to admit that their life has deep-seated issues that were caused perhaps years and years ago, and the reason they still hurt is because they've never been properly diagnosed and treated. It's a whole lot easier to hide the wound, force a happy face on, and just go on. After all, everybody hurts sometimes, and who wants to be a burden? But here's the truth of the passage, and what personal and pastoral experience has taught me, and I've not, I'm not, I've not been out there as long as some. But if the wound is not properly treated, it will eventually cause more personal pain for yourself and perhaps others. That's inevitable, right? You say, yeah, you're right, Pastor. If a wound is ignored, it will only fester, possibly get infected, and maybe even become lethal. It perhaps will spread through your bloodstream and end up spreading to others. Wounds almost never just go away, vanish on their own. Well, what can be done? Life wounds aren't as easy as treating a scratch or a scrape with some hydrogen peroxide, neosporin, Band-Aid, you know. No, Christ is no Band-Aid. That's what he said. I'm not going to be a Band-Aid. He is a life-giving surgeon. Hmm? And he's got this tool called Grace. That when he introduces it into your wounds. Hallelujah. The truth from the text is that Christ does not want to just be a band-aid on your spiritual boo-boo. Hmm? Because he knows we have more than surface hurts, more than surface scrapes and scratches. He knows we can't just patch up bitterness. It's got to be dealt with at the core. He knows you can't just patch up an unforgiving spirit. We have to deal with it at the core. He knows you can't just patch up a porn addiction. It must be dealt with at its core. You can't patch up a drug problem. You can't patch up a marriage problem. you got to deal with them at their core. You can't patch up an immorality problem. You can't patch up a, a jealous problem. You can't patch up a spiritual problem. It takes more than a patch. This is the warning of Christ here in the text. But the encouragement is, Christ says, I'm willing to deal with your issue at its core. I want to give you something more than a patch. He's saying, why settle for a patch when you can have a brand new outfit? Christ is not into patchwork. Some folks try to sew some Jesus onto their old garment. Huh? 
And it doesn't work. It doesn't last. They try to sow a little bit of Jesus on the garment of this culture. Listen, friend, this culture is a garment that wants nothing to do with Christ. And if you are going to follow Christ, he expects you, he expects to be your whole wardrobe and not just a patch on an old pair of jeans in your spiritual closet. Christ came to give us a whole new lifestyle that would testify of amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. The theological term is regeneration. Hallelujah. I'm feeling too good. You see, he came to recreate. He came to regenerate. He came to remake us into the likeness of his son. You know, we had lost that due to sin, due to you know, so if you are a, you know, I myself, I would uh, put myself in a do-it-yourselfer category. Huh? If my car needs worked on and I can YouTube it, hello? Brother Tim tells me a lot. He says, you can find out anything on YouTube, and I've done that. Huh? If I can do it myself and, and keep a little money in my wallet... Still paying somebody else. One time I got Brother Goodell. I said, hey, I'm trying to do this myself on the car, and I can't get my hands too big to get in there. <laughs> he saved the day. Huh? Listen, if you are a do-it-yourselfer, here's one that's going to be over your head. Hello? Here's something that's impossible for you to do. Because we can't be good enough to deserve God. We can't be holy enough to deserve heaven. We can't be pure enough to look God in the face without being clothed with the new garment of Christ. See, Christ came to call all sinners to come and trade in that old coat and put on the new. His invitation is for us to take him serious. He will not just be a Sunday morning patch on six days of wearing that old garment. No, no. Christ is a new garment. He's a new suit. He's a new robe. So Christ says trade in the old because the new one's already paid for. I said it's already paid for. Get rid of the old life because I have a new one waiting on you. It's going to take you all the way to heaven. That's why the hymn writer said, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it. I said he washed it whiter than snow. Hallelujah. Observation number four is my final one. Nothing can be changed, though, until it is faced. You know, in counseling, it's always important to get individuals who are hurting to admit to the underlying issues. There's always underlying issues that cause a particular problem to occur. But as people of faith in our generation, see, we've been conditioned to self-protect. 
self-preserve, self-focus, which means we really don't have a lot of interest in facing our challenges and realities if it's going to show our weaknesses. Hmm? We can do it all by ourselves, or we tell ourselves that our problem is just, oh, you know, that's just a minor issue. That's a little boo boo. Just put a band aid on it. But we're never going to be healed by the master physician until we realize that nothing's going to change in our relationship with God until we honestly face the open truth. It's our choice, our patch or Christ's power. It's the patch or the power. Some time ago, two women were arrested at the Liverpool Airport in England. You know what they were trying to do? They were trying to board a plane with a dead body. They propped a dead man up in a wheelchair, put some dark sunglasses on him, and all along, he was a dead man. Dead man in a wheelchair. Airport staff who were trained started watching their movements and said something was a little suspicious here. And those two ladies were arrested. And I thought a lot of people are good about doing that with their spiritual man. They try to cover up the fact that he is dead in trespasses and sins. And all they're trying to do is dress up a corpse. They dress it up by good works, kind and charitable deeds. They are trying to make a man who is dead look like he's alive. They put a patch of religion on. Religion can make you look pretty good. Hmm? But the truth is, he's still a dead man. I said it's still a dead man. Patch or no patch, the only hope is resurrection. But guess what? We've got a God who has that covered. I said he's a God who has that covered. The truth is we can apply all the disguising patches we like to the outside, but unless we give that silly game up, the only way is we are going to have to allow Christ to come and live on the inside. And he's promised when he comes, he will make all things new. Huh? So quit kidding yourself. We're patching up the old with the new, and the new is not compatible with the old. The apostle Paul said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. A new patch on an old garment is not going to last. Hallelujah! You know, some time ago, uh, I can't remember, honey, if you was with me. I went into a restaurant 
that had recently undergone an extreme makeover, so to speak. After its grand reopening, I, I walked in and looked around, and I was impressed. They had updated everything, new styles, brought everything contemporary looking. But after I sat down and was served, the quality of the food and the quality of the service was just like they had been before they had the makeover. Hello, have you know what I'm talking about? Huh? Listen, that's the illustration that Christ is talking about here. They had put a nice patch of remodeling the building and, and, and uh, you know, and although it looked good at first, it was less than impressive and probably wouldn't continue to get too much of my business. Listen, it's the idea of what Christ said is how it's doomed to fail when you put new patches on old garments. In using this analogy, I am convinced that for us to become a church, Broadway, that God wants us to be in this new year, we will have to abandon some of the old practices, some of the old patches in our lives so that God can clothe us with some new garments of worship, some new garments of praise, some new garments of revival. Christ didn't come to reform an old worn out system. He came to fulfill it he came to complete it and then he introduced a radically new one and oh yeah there was pharisees they were like in the old system there was pharisees who didn't want to let go of the old way listen you ever meet anybody like that i remember dad dad's gone on to his reward when i first got a job dad would wear hand-me-down uh winter jackets and i remember his was just just a mess. I almost was embarrassed to go out with him. I said, Dad, I'm going to get you a new one. I think it was a new Carhartt, and uh, I got him a new one for Christmas, and then he wore that. I mean, he wore it, and he wore it, and he wore it, and he wore it, and that thing become threadbare, so I got him a new one several years later, but then I'd come, and he would still be wearing the old one, and the new one would be hanging in the closet, I said, Dad, you got brand new and why don't you wear it? Oh, you know, son, I just kind of got attached to this one. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Does this make sense? How about young folks? Does this make sense? Instead of the new, they want to hang on to the old threadbare. But I really, truly sense... Church, God's got some new things that God wants to bless our church with in 2022. But he needs somebody. He's looking for someone who will choose more than a patch job. Amen. Huh? Broadway, there are some places in our lives that only God can fix. And it's going to happen when we release the old and embrace the new. Hello? For some time, Saul of Tarsus was making a living out of keeping the old patch of Jewish tradition intact. Arresting those who embraced the new gospel of Christ. That is until Christ came to him on the road to Damascus. 
On that day, Christ rips up the old patch of Judaism. He tears it to shreds. And he says, listen, Saul, I'm going to offer you a whole new wardrobe. Hallelujah. Thankfully, Saul embraced it and became the greatest missionary apostle our world has ever seen. Listen, young man and young lady, your mother's relationship with God is not going to cut it for you. Listen, young man, your father's relationship with God is not adequate for you. You have to have your own experience with God. In fact, if your relationship with God has become stale you had it several years ago and you're living on last year's breadcrumbs it's expired it's outdated it's stale I said your faith if it's not grown since you met Christ for that first time you've settled for a patch and it's time to trade in the patch for some power of a vital relationship with God God wants to do something new. Let's stand together. I said, God wants to do something new. Hallelujah. Isaiah says, forget the former things. Don't you dwell on the past. Behold, I will do a new thing. It will spring forth. Hallelujah. Don't drag around the old garment of traditional religion. When there's a Holy Spirit that's offered you the Holy Ghost and power and a new wardrobe, like Paul said, there's too many that have settled for that uh, old traditional system. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. And he said, from such, turn away. Oh, listen, we want more than nominal Christianity here at Broadway. I said, we need more than nominal Christianity in 2022. Oh, they can be good church members, even good moral people. But listen, I want to discover there is a power. I said there's a power that'll blow those patches off and deal with the problem and give you strength to live a Christ-centered life. Praise God. So trade in your patch for His power. That's what Christ was telling these Jewish followers. Praise God. Man, I got to quit. You remember hearing the name Gladys Aylward? Young woman in England felt the call of God to become a missionary to China. She signed up with China Inland Mission and began their training. I'm, I'm closing. She didn't fit into this mission agency's mold. A few days they come to her. And they said, Gladys, we're sorry, but you aren't going to make it as a missionary to China with us. She left very discouraged, but she was unwilling to let that stop her. She felt God's call on her life was obvious. So she began to work as a maid. She lived very frugal saved her money and said, I'm going to buy my own ticket to China. Sometime later, she finally left England, took a train all the way across Siberia to get to China. 
And unfortunately, it was during the Russian-China War. So there were all sorts of difficulties that she had to go through finally getting to China. And when she finally arrived, life was hard. In fact, her ministry consisted of running an inn for mule drivers. But she stayed at it, and the Lord began to bless her work. And in time, the Chinese government approached her, wanting to hire her for a Chinese government job. She became the main foot inspector for her region, going around and checking to make sure the Chinese were no longer binding the feet of their female children. You remember that was a custom. They felt it was a symbol of status. It would actually, they would bind the feet of the Chinese uh, females until their feet were deformed. Had to have special shoes, but yet they thought it was beautiful. They felt it was a status thing until it was finally outlawed. And she became the foot inspector. And she was to go to every village and every home. Did you get that? On the government dime. Huh? In that job, she was able to go to every single village. And while she was there inspecting the feet, she would share Bible stories. She presented Christ and the gospel. And many folks came to Christ through her witness. And of course, what she was probably most famous for was what she did with the children. She adopted many children. She cared for numerous or- orphans. And when the China, uh, excuse me, the Japanese invaded China in 1938, she became famous for leading a hundred children for weeks over the mountains of China and the Yellow River in order to take them to safety into a providence that had not been hit by war. And and I think it was right at a hundred children were saved because of her in that aspect. See, the point is, God used her in a powerful way to bring many of the Chinese people to Christ and to save the lives of many children. But if she had listened to the folks at the mission agency back home in England, she would have never done what God wanted her to do. You see, she didn't fit into their mold. God was wanting to do a new thing. I said, God is wanting to do a new thing. And the question for us as a church, are we open to the new things that God is wanting to do in our midst? I don't know about you, but my answer to that question is yes, Lord. Whatever you desire to do this year in 2022 in Broadway Assembly, please, Lord, have your will. Have your, I want somebody to raise your hands and pray that. Lord, have your will. Lord, have your way. That's the question that it comes to from our passage this evening. Let it begin in me. Let it begin. Somebody sing it like you really mean it. Revival fire. Oh, give me strength. Oh, yes. Oh, 
These altars are open. God bless you as you come.